0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I am your host, Ryan Winder. And remember, what's happening in Vegas is not staying in Vegas as I bring you helpful tips and all sorts of topic areas with a Vegas twist, of course. So let's get the show started. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's good to have you back in for another episode of The Vegas Therapist. This is your host, Ryan Winder. And of course, as always, I have a great show for you today with another amazing guest here to share her story in regards to the October 1 mass shooting here in Vegas. As promised earlier, um, this month is a Vegas theme because we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Vegas Therapist Podcast. And so I just want to say thanks again for all your support and to all those who are starting to send in their um, entries for the contest, once again, this is how you enter the contest. First, you can go on to Apple or iTunes and rate and review the podcast to get your name entered that way. Secondly, you can uh, share your favorite episode on Facebook or Instagram and make sure you tag me in that so that I can know that you've done that, so I can enter your name into the drawing for the prizes. Now, with that one, you can share as many episodes as you want. The more you share, the more your name will be entered in to win one of three prizes. Prize one being a 60-minute coaching session with myself. Prize two, a $75 US gift card. Prize three, a $50 US gift card. That is what I will be giving away this month to, again, celebrate the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Um, Before I welcome in today's guest, I just want to say a few things about the episode. Obviously, we're going to be talking about some sensitive um, things in regards to trauma and this mass shooting that happened here. Um, Unfortunately, it's something that happens more so now, um, that more people are a part of, more people have to deal with. And it's something that is, is more widespread than obviously it ever used to be. So it's the type of trauma that people are having to overcome in their lives. And so I really appreciate our guests coming in to talk about her story. And I know it will be something that those out there who've experienced trauma similar to this or even um, trauma in different ways will take hope in and will be able to see that there is healing from trauma and uh it's just a it's just a great story and a great um great strength on on Tracy's part for coming in and for talking about uh the experience that she had on that fateful day of October 1. All right, this time I'd like to welcome my guest Tracy. Hello. <laughs> uh today we are talking about trauma and unfortunately the type of trauma that we are going to be talking about is something that's become more common for people in this country, people who've been a part of or survived some type of mass shooting in this country. Um, Just to give you a little background on Tracy, she was a part of the Route 91 shooting here in Las Vegas that happened October 1st, 2017, so I really appreciate her coming in and and talking about her experience. just to kind of give you a little background, uh, as far as our our, our connection, um, back when I started out in my first agency in, at Bridge Counseling in 2003 or 2002, um, she worked there as the office manager type person. Something like something. that.
1: Yeah. I had a few different hats, but right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: was, yeah. So, um, so that was how we first kind of met. Um, and then really haven't had much content since. We've both been living our lives in different different aspects of things. But then a person that knew me and knew her thought this would be a good episode for the show. So that's how we kind of came back together. So some of my guests in the past have been clients I've had. So I've been able to kind of you know help them with their story and bring that to the, the podcast. So this is gonna be a little bit different because it is a very sensitive topic as far as dealing with this type of trauma. Um, So I hope that everybody is sensitive to that, that's listening, and so if there's any kind of like pauses or moments where we got to catch our breath, um, that's just what is going to be there, So, but I definitely appreciate her coming on. So um, so I guess just to kind of start off, if people aren't familiar with the the Route 91 incident here, I'm sure most people are as far as the history of that and, and what happened in Vegas on that day, but... Um, it was a country concert outdoor, um, that, uh, that again, there was a mass shooting at. So, um, if you just want to just kind of start off by just telling us about your experience that night and we'll kind of just walk through that part of it.
1: Yeah. Um, so that was the last night of the festival. It's a, it's a three day, um, starts on Friday afternoon. Um, goes all Friday night, Saturday, all day, into the night, and then all day Sunday. Um, it was the last day of the festival, uh, and it was the very last act. So the big headliner, um, Jason Aldean, and he was only maybe two or three songs into his set. Um and a little bit of background that wasn't the first year for that festival uh, that was the third year that they'd done it and i had been all three years so it was kind of a tradition that I was developing that I loved um, the first year I went with a close coworker, and then the second year I went with one of my best friends and the third year um, I went with my boyfriend and so last night at the festival we were We'd had a great time all three days. Um, I'm a huge country music uh, fan.
0: Don't hold that against her. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: um, so we were very, very close to the stage, and he was starting one of his big songs, and all of a sudden it was kind of like fireworks. It sounded like, like black cats, like pop, 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 like going off. And it stopped, and everybody was just kind of like... He kept playing. Um, and then it started again. Um, and it just really didn't stop. Um, after that it, I mean, it was constant for about like over 10 minutes. Um, once people actually realized what was happening, it was just mass chaos. Um, people running, screaming. It seemed like every time there was a pause in the gunfire which I'm assuming he was reloading Mm -hmm. um it it would pause and everybody that was you know that had been crouched down and and um was still would get up and start running and it would start again um and it was I, I feel like it was a lot of a fish in a barrel situation um there were obviously thousands of people there uh he he focused right at the front of the stage where the most majority of the people were. Um, I had friends that were with me at the concert also who were way, way further back. Like, there's an area that they set up every year where you can bring your camping chairs um, and you can kind of, like, sit further back so you're not, like, squished like sardines. Um, And uh, the friends that I was with actually were not with me up at the front. It was just my boyfriend and I, and, um, it, my, my boyfriend's in the air force and is trained to respond and react in those situations. So when it first started happening, um, and everybody realized that it was like gunfire, not fireworks. Um, it was, it was kind of like he, he was telling everybody, get down, don't move. We didn't know where it was coming from, whether it was, multiple people one person whether they were inside the grounds um and outside uh it took quite a while for anybody to realize that it was coming from way above the Mm -hmm. festival grounds and you know across the street uh so he um he was telling everybody get down and kind of like bought like shielding quite a few even the people that were around us that he didn't know he was like laying on top of us um we started hearing just like obviously mass hysteria chaos people screaming um looked over and maybe 15 feet from us there was a man that uh, was unfortunately shot in the head and um he my boyfriend went to assist that um and in the next thirty seconds I would say is when it really like started to just get insane and Mm -hmm. people were everywhere trampling over people just trying to get nobody knew where it was coming from. So you got people running in all different directions, um people trying to find cover, people trying to get out. Um, There was a lot of people who apparently it was their first year there and they didn't know where the exits were um it's kind of the way that they had it there are exits to the side but they're not very well known I knew that they were there because it was my third year there and um but the way that they had it set up this year was one main entrance and that's kind of the way that they funneled everybody out at the end of the night so that's Mm -hmm. the way that everybody was trying to get out um I myself after about Thirty seconds of my boyfriend going to the right to help. Um, couldn't see him anymore, and that's kind of when I started to panic because then I'm alone in this situation that I've never been in before, and I don't really don't know what's happening. Again, where it's coming from, mm-hmm. how serious. Nobody knew how serious it was going to be. Um, at that point, that whole fight or flight kicks in. Um, and I 100% flight I ended up going over the barrier that was in the middle that was kind of like there was two main sections where everybody was standing but in the middle the sound stage was way far back away from the main stage and they had this kind of like walkway um mm-hmm. in the middle so I went over that because I was right next to it and ended up kind of like army crawling all the way underneath the sound stage um where all that equipment was and was under there for quite a while with people running by, other people coming in, um, trying to squeeze under there, just everybody was trying to get to a point where they thought they weren't going to get hit. <laughs> yeah. um, I had a woman <laughs> bleeding profusely laying on top of me for a good five minutes before whoever she was with her boyfriend husband something um kind of took her by the arms and just drug her um off of me and continued to drag her out of the festival grounds um I stayed underneath that soundstage um until there was a long enough and it felt like probably five minutes, but I know it was, and it was probably more like 45 seconds, um, worth of pause. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then in my head, it was kind of, I need to, I need to get out of here because I don't, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know if this is, again, more than one person. I don't know if they're walking through the crowd. I don't, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, if they're coming
0: um, towards something. Or exactly. Up, like what? Yeah.
1: So, um, I, I kind of crawled my way out from underneath that and ran to the exit on the side that I knew was there, um, and got outside of the gates of the festival, and I kind of just collapsed, um, crying, shaking. I was, that whole time that I was underneath there, I was calling my boyfriend, I was alternating between calling my boyfriend and calling my Mm ex-husband. So now
0: your boyfriend, just so so people remember, so he's off now helping people. Yeah, I have no idea where he is. But you think he's helping people.
1: He he went, you know, after laying on top of us and then realizing that it wasn't going to stop and we could see people that
0: were were being
1: struck and uh being hit, um, his first reaction is as a first responder and in the military to start helping. Again, nobody knew it was going to last as long as it did or it right. was going to be as astronomical as it was so mm-hmm. um me not being able to see him or get a hold of him anymore um
0: pretty yeah. intense emotion i'm sure panic, super
1: super yeah. scary yeah. um so um what were
0: you calling your ex-husband just to try to see if he knew what was happening or if he like i was, that, was just ex- somebody for comfort or something <laughs> i was calling
1: my ex-husband um because at that time I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. I didn't know if I was gonna make it. I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, My ex-husband had my daughter at home and I was calling him to tell him like, hey, if I don't make it out of here, at least, you know, here's my things. Please tell my daughter I love her. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, once I finally got a hold of him and he realized what was happening, he, stayed on the phone with me um for quite a bit and then I was like I need to find I need to find my boyfriend and I need to figure out how to get out of here Mm. um and not be in this area anymore so when I got out of the festival grounds and kind of like collapsed I was in shock um it I at that point I don't remember if it was still If the gunfire was still happening, um, I just remember this really nice young man picking me up, um, grabbing me and saying, we can't stay here. We have to go, we have to move, um, and took me across the street behind where the main stage was. I don't know the name of that road that runs right next to Mandalay Bay. Yeah, it's a weird road. Yeah, it's very windy and goes behind that whole um, section. Yeah. But he uh, apparently, and this is how I know it had been going on for a little bit, and I was there for quite a while because he was like, there's somebody over here that's opened their apartment to people. Oh, wow. Um, In those apartments that are like right kind of across from Mandalay Bay Mm -hmm. Um, And he took me over there and literally there was probably um, He we went up these stairs, and he did this kind of random knock on this door There was a guy that opened it and he had a shotgun in his hand Hmm. and He was like, come in quick, quick. And when I got in there, all the lights were off. And there was probably 40 people in a one-bedroom apartment. Um, And it's everybody from the festival. Obviously, these people that opened their door were not at the festival, but could hear what was going on. Um, Mm. And I stayed in there, in the dark, with all of these people. (laughs) And we're all freaking out. We don't know what's going on. I'm still trying to call my boyfriend. I finally got a hold of him. I want to say, and again, my timelines time are blade. very skewed, but yeah. it had to have been over an hour later. Um, finally got a hold of him, and he was just as glad to hear from me as I was from him yeah. because for him, he once he went to help the person that was about 15 feet from us, uh-huh. when he turned around, I was gone. Oh, really? When he realized that there was no helping that person and he needed to figure out how to get us out he turned around and i was already gone cuz i couldn't see him anymore and uh, i didn't know i wasn't going to run around in this big open area where people are getting shot getting shot yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah like when he went right and i couldn't see him anymore that's when i went left so he had spent all of that time in the festival grounds and helping and in his words like every time he turned somebody over or saw cuz there was quite a quite a few females with the same hat that I had on um he uh w- you know was basically right. looking through piles of people for me <laughs> oh wow um and so once I finally got a hold of him I went back out of the apartment um met up with him on that back street that was behind the stage, um, he was covered in blood. I didn't know if he was shot, hurt. Um, he was missing a shoe. (laughs) I, we both went back and I took him back to that apartment. We were in there for probably another hour. Mm -hmm. I say we, (laughs) uh, about 20 minutes after him being there, um, We could hear, like, all the sirens and all of the... And I'm guessing in his head he was thinking there's not enough help out there. So he left and he went back out um, Mm -hmm. and uh, continued to help and continued to... At that point, there was no more gunfire, so I didn't... I wasn't as... I mean, I was very much in shock. And it even took me probably a good 15 minutes to realize that he wasn't... In the mm. apartment with me, yeah. um, because there was so many people, and there was so much going on. Um, so, about an hour passed, and he was texting me during this time. My phone is completely blowing up because everybody that knew that I was there—my mom is freaking out, my sister. My coworkers are calling me, my boss is calling me, everybody that I know is trying to check in and make sure that I'm okay. Um, And the phone lines are just jammed. You can't get a call out every time you try and call, it's just a busy signal no matter who you're calling. So I was doing a lot of texting, like I'm safe, but I don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll let you know when I do.
0: Yeah.
1: So again, that was at the end of the night, it was, after ten o'clock, when um, Jason Aldean started playing, and so by the time, by the time it got to a point where we figured, okay, it's safe to leave. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else happening. It's just police activity outside. Um, it was well after one o'clock in the morning. Oh, was that long? Um. And so, when he came back, um, he came back with no shirt (laughs) Um, still covered in more blood he had taken his shirt off to use as to rip up into tourniquets and um, was loading people into trucks and cars that were going to hospitals Um, and it was one of those I mean they had the whole area on lockdown right we couldn't get out we we ended up walking um, from this apartment (laughs) Um, all the way, basically, to Thomas and Mac. Oh, wow. Um, wow. To get to a point where we could have somebody come pick us up. Hmm. And it's it was very surreal doing that because as we're walking and we're walking by the what, east east side of the festival grounds. And we're walking by people that are, you know extremely hurt and we're walking by unfortunately walking by bodies, walking by people that are sitting with loved ones and they're not there. Yeah. They're you can see that they're gone and, you know, these people are just sitting with these bodies crying and it was all very, very surreal. Like I was like this this can't be real life. This can't this can't be happening. Yeah. Um No, that was,
0: that was, like, outside, like, because I, I got called to do, like, a, um, um, like, a trauma thing, like, the next day Mm -hmm. to go to, like, one of the, like, there was, like, a, I don't know what you call them, like, a timeshare place that was not too far away from it, Mm -hmm. and they had had people that had, you know, did the same thing. They kind of busted into the. Um, the lobby and stuff and were just looking for oh, shelter yeah. but there was also a few people that had died in the parking lot yep. because they were running and mm-hmm. then they just died from their injuries so is that kind of what you saw like this was away from this was away, away from, from the the actual away, event yeah. but they had passed away yep
1: like late. as yeah. they were leaving yeah. Okay. so yeah walking away from the festival grounds it's that again that weird road that's yeah. back and it it ends up it curves and it goes around and you end up right by the executive airport that one area of McCarrion where they do the private flights and stuff like that right and you're absolutely correct we were walking by businesses where people had broken down doors and stuff to get in Mm -hmm. um there's just trails of blood there's you know just again people sitting on the sidewalk wait we're walking and and ambulances are coming by us and they're stopping because he's covered head to toe in blood. And they're mm. like, do you need help? And he's like, I'm fine. And for me, I, I didn't even know. Like, I was just like, are you sure you're not? Right. He's like, I would know if I was shot somewhere, you know, and this is all just everybody else's right, everybody stuff. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah, we basically walked almost all, all the way to Thomas and Mac, um, and had his dad come pick us up and, um, take me, take us home. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's it's been a not an easy road since then right. um i neither one of us left the house for well over a week oh wow um and even when i went back to work it was extremely hard to just be around people um it was all very sensory overload uh it was hard to focus hard to concentrate um i had and it was probably like three weeks later I was back at work and I still wasn't working full days um it was extremely exhausting and uh somebody in my office and it's it's little things like this that you don't think affect people but if you again somebody in my office had like a huge sheet of bubble wrap that they decided to twist and it was, oh. pop, 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 pop. And I completely like <laughs> lost I lost it like mm-hmm. I under my desk like com- full-on panic attack like it wasn't good. No. <laughs> um <laughs> no. and the and no fear to that person. They right. didn't you know, they right. didn't realize that that was but
0: they were having fun with yep. bubble wrap <laughs> so didn't realize that that's they were... kind
1: of the gist yeah. of that story. Um mm. there's a lot of it that I'm still unfortunately remembering our brains are such wonderful right. things that yeah. I was thought I was okay for a while and then right at the right about the one year anniversary I just started having horrible nightmares again and it's just like it's it's almost like you can't wake up like you wake up you wake up from this dream that you're having where you're reliving everything that you went through mm mm-hmm. and your brain is also releasing things that you don't that you didn't remember because my brain blocked out a lot of oh. what happened in that time in that frame. Time fra-
0: okay hmm.
1: so I start having you know dreams and remembering things that i didn't know happened um and that's scary that's yeah. horrible yeah. right um right. and it's just kind of been it's it's still not easy i mean right. I'm still in therapy um it's it's extremely difficult to talk about i don't i don't talk about it um at all. I try not to <laughs> um i it's not an easy subject yeah. that's
0: for sure i mean especially when you Look at some of the things, and I definitely appreciate you you sharing this with you know other people and people that are listening that have been through trauma. I'm sure they can relate and i I mean you know i obviously you can't see it on a podcast, but just maybe even hearing it in your voice, you can tell there's still like a lot of emotion that goes along with it and and if you were watching yourself like I'm watching you I mean just as you were talking about the events you can kind of just see in your mind how you're tracking it and you're looking at the places and you just kind of know I mean it's yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of even though you like I said they don't necessarily remember everything there's a lot of just um yeah, just the focus there that you can see where I'm you're reliving it as you yeah. kind of talk about it and see those things and I'm sure a lot of the imaging and different things is mm-hmm. is as clear as oh yeah as it was when it happened which I'm sure Yeah, is... I
1: can still like smell. Like like it's and it's it's horrible, but I will still get flash out I can smell like open wounds and like massive amounts of blood and i don't think i'll ever get that smell out of my nose to be honest like yeah every once in a while even if i'm doing nothing remotely that should trigger that like Uh i just get this overwhelming smell of gunpowder and like blood and it's it's overwhelming it's just kind of like why
0: (laughs) yeah right right well so speaking of triggers and stuff like um, so people that, if people are familiar with trauma, obviously triggers can be associated with severe trauma. Some triggers can be loosely associated with it. Some are very specific, um, you know, kind of like the, like the bubble wrap thing. I mean, that's a very, it's specific in the sense of like the sound and kind of what that does. But like, what have you noticed over the time, like as far as like some of those triggers, like what, what can kind of pop up for you or what has popped up for you in relation to that?
1: Um. So unfortunately i can't <laughs> i can't even listen to any jason l dean song anymore not just oh, that right. one but if i even hear the beginning of that song i'm like completely thrown into anxiety panic like mm-hmm. um so that's been rough because he yeah. was one of my favorite artists oh. and um it's it's hard for me to not i mean just hearing even the beginning like music notes of one of his songs i have to change the station um Obviously, loud noises, anything that resembles gunfire, which is weird for me. Um, I grew up in Texas, and I'm a oh. hunter, and I've got guns in my house and rifles, and um, so. so you be
0: around guns. Is that a, I, is that I an can okay be thing? around guns. Like okay. I, I,
1: I took a hunting trip in October that I well. thought was going to be super hard for me. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't. Um, so that was odd to me because I thought that I was going to have a real issue, but when I thought about it. Um, afterwards when I got back and realized that I didn't, I didn't have any of the issues that I thought that I would, um, it's a very different when you're hunting and as a responsible hunter, um, you really only take a shot if you know you're going to. So, um, it, you know, I heard like maybe three shots and they were single shots and I could tell, you know, it's happening. Right. It wasn't taken off guard. I wasn't, you know, like it's not
0: prepared. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: that didn't affect me the way that I thought it would. Um, but even things like um, going to the Knights games, uh, super, super hard for me still. Um, I, there's coping mechanisms that I have to use and I I can't, I mean, I can't be around big people, open spaces, uh, I mean, lots yeah. of people in open spaces. Um, that that kind of sets me off and I go through some anxiety there. Um, Which... But not a lot of, not for me that I've found not a whole lot of triggers. Okay,
0: because I know, like, you know, some like you mentioned a few of these things too, like some of the common reactions that can come from trauma, things like anxiety, flashbacks, mm-hmm. being easily started, easily startled, um, maybe even some depression, losing interest in certain things, um, and then also avoidance behaviors, which kind of comes around oh, to sure. the comes around to the fact that. Um, like as far as avoidance and like what what things have been sort of off limits for you, like things that maybe i just i don't I don't wanna do, or yeah, can't do, maybe even I don't know
1: um so concerts are really really hard uh it was and I don't know the exact timeline, but mm-hmm. it was i mean it's we're coming up we're over two years, yeah. now. um, and I don't know how long it took me to even get to the point that i was like okay maybe i could go to a concert again um but though that like that's super super difficult for me um the place that i'm at right now i can't ever see myself ever going to an outdoor concert ever again Mm -hmm. um i'm hoping i can get past that (laughs) at some point um with enough like working through it and all of that um but right now just even the thought of that is absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. um i know that they'll never use that space again they've completely like they're like right. that's not ever gonna happen um but even when i think about like they've got a, like life a is really beautiful yeah life, life is beautiful might, or, or they've got a really um same kind of concept like a three-day festival that they do in california that's all oh, country music yeah. stagecoach like that was something that I always wanted to do to to do and now I'm just kind of like I don't think I'll ever be able to Mm -hmm. and um that's unfortunate for me but yeah things like that like
0: what about the strip itself I mean
1: the strip is like a (laughs) no-go for me um again it's uh definitely the south end of the strip is ground zero for me it's like it's it reminds me of like a war zone I can't I can't be down there. I can't look at it. Um, I can't look at Mandalay Bay without getting anxiety, even though obviously it didn't happen at Mandalay Bay, but it happened from yeah. Mandalay Bay. And just looking at that um, kind of immediately puts me back in that place Space, where yeah. I'm like, I'm not safe. Yeah. Um, even being for anybody that goes to any of the Knights games, it's really, really hard for me to be in that plaza Outside of T-Mobile Arena, because it's surrounded by hotels, and I again get this feeling like I'm a fish in a barrel, and mm-hmm. I don't know who could be in those rooms doing what or why. Right. Um, and again, Las Vegas has increased a lot of their security measures, especially when it comes to hotels. But for me, that's still extremely difficult. I try not to spend any more time than necessary out there. It's like kind of like park and get inside like immediately because that's it's very. It gives me a lot of anxiety, and right, yeah, it makes me
0: right, very uncomfortable. Right, right, right. Well, that's understandable. I mean, I think, again, those are the things that sort of tend to accommodate trauma, unfortunately, is that things of anxiety, reminders, things that can trigger us. Um, obviously, if I'm, you know, like you've been able to kind of work through some of that. Um, one of the things, like when I kind of work with people as far as trauma, um Goes, we talk about like, the, it's called, um, um, well, like we kind of make a list, like a hierarchy of things like, okay. So obviously, you know, going down by Mandalay Bay might be like on the hundred level. Like mm-hmm. that just feels like nothing, you know, then outdoor concerts might be on there. And then you yeah. kind of work your way down to things that are kind of similar or, yeah. you know, have a similar kind of thing to where it's like, maybe at some point I can like start to build myself back up to, um, you know like feeling more comfortable with things so obviously the night's game that's been mm-hmm. one of the things you've been able to do um like is it like is it the same thing like tv shows or anything like that 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 you haven't been able to do that you've found yourself okay i'm getting more comfortable and in, in going to these places or anything like that is that have you seen yourself kind of work through some other type of scenarios where it's yeah
1: um Yes and no. Um, I mean, there's part of me that is kind of like... Again, and and when I go down to T-Mobile for a game, that's literally the only time I go to the Strip. I'd just rather not at right. this point um, yeah. be anywhere near that because it, it still, even if I'm not on the south end of the Strip, it still invokes some sort of anxiety and reaction within me. So I'm just now getting to the point that... I feel like I can try and start to navigate that. Um mm. maybe some place that's, you know, like on the north end of the strip. But right. for me, like the entire strip just. Let's seems... say you don't want to go to Circus Circus. <laughs> well, no, definitely not Circus Circus. <laughs> but like something like I more towards the middle of right. Caesars yeah. or Bellagio or something like that. But then I go back to even before Route 91, like really didn't ever go down there so yeah. it's kind of like
0: it's not a it's
1: it's not it's something that within myself i'm kind of like if i can get over this then maybe at some point i can be back down on that end of the strip but in my head i'm like why though because i didn't go down there really ever anyways yeah. but there are some shows and concerts that happen on the strip that i would like to go see that i just will not allow myself to because i don't want to I know that I'm just going to be thrown into that and then have to deal with that and either Mm. leave or try and work through it. Um, and it's, it's something it's, but yeah, like that, like the strip TV shows and movies, not really. Um, I have an issue if I fall asleep with the TV on, which I try not to do a lot. Mm. Um, I've found that there's been a few times that I've fallen asleep and you know, like Friday or Saturday I'm watching TV late and, or watching a movie, and then I wake up because whatever is on the TV, whatever movie it may be, has, like, rapid gunfire in it. And that oh. wakes me up, and then mm. I'm just like, okay, why did I do that? Because then I'm, like, <laughs> then I'm up for the rest of the night, yeah. and I can't, like, I kind of have to... You're
0: like, thank just, you very much, a yeah, TV yep, show. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm
1: like, that was nice. Mm. Um, And so, but I, yeah, things like that, I still have, like and this is the one that baffles me like I have night terrors that I don't even know that I'm having like my girlfriend will wake me up and he's like you were screaming and I'm like okay because I I don't remember what I was Mm. dreaming about but it obviously wasn't good
0: Yeah.
1: but yeah there's definitely things that um, that I think twice about now before I go for sure Um, I mean you talked about just withdrawal and I would just prefer never to leave my house if I could (laughs) like I feel like that's my safe space and if I'm there like what happened to me can never happen to me again kind right. of thing I'm just like well if I just don't go if I just don't go anywhere then <laughs> some good. crazy person with a gun right. can't come <laughs> in and start like ruining my life again
0: <laughs> yeah 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 but that's giving that a lot of power that absolutely
1: wanna, <laughs> and I don't do, want but, that right, like I want my right. normal back And I just have to realize that what my normal was is not ever going to be my normal again. Yeah. Um. And that's been really hard for me to deal with. Right. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I was to say, how has healing, how has the healing process been then in general for you? I mean, obviously, like you mentioned before, you go to therapy. I mean, what? I mean, has that been your primary source? Which is not a bad thing. But like, how has the, how has that gone for you as far as healing?
1: Um. So, therapy's been great. I did not go for quite a while. Um, I'm super stubborn and hard Um, I went right afterwards at the push of a lot of people in my life. Like mm-hmm. you can't deal with this on your own. Um, and I was kind of in a spot and a place where I was like, yeah, I can, like, I'm fine. Like, um, but I realized after a while that there were just things that I couldn't navigate on my own. Um, Therapy has helped me a lot just because it does give me a safe space and an outlet to talk about one, anything, but a lot of this and, Mm. and healing from it and kind of like grieving that part of me that is not there anymore. It's, it's like, it's you, you lose a part of you, you lose, or I feel like I did, um,
0: well, there's some just, innocence lost because the world, yeah, the world changes, right? I absolutely. Mean, it's like now this world is just like more, like maybe a little bit more reality. If it's a dangerous place or something, I mean, if that's like a, 100%. I don't know if that's how you think of it, or yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's one of those. Again, I that was my third year there. I was having a great time. You never, you you never think that something like that is going to happen to you where you are with what you're doing, and especially at like a country music festival concert. I mean, not, that's not to say it couldn't happen at any concert, but, or festival or anything like that. Um, it's just kind of one of those. And, and the fact of the matter is we still don't know why, why he did it. There's no, there was no manifesto. There was no, they've investigated so much and it's just, you can't help crazy. Crazy is going to be crazy no matter what environment they're in. Um, whether they're in prison or they're out wandering the streets like a lot of them are. So yeah, it's, It's just one of those things there's been, therapy's helped me a lot and it's helped me realize that it's definitely not something I can do on my own. It's still not something that I can do on my own, but it gives me the tools to like navigate the anxiety attacks, the like how to start to try and regain some of my life back.
0: Yeah. So it's helped. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that what I've found and I've heard this even from other people is that when people go through a difficult trauma like that you would think that that the notion would be like yeah let me get immediately into therapy but it's i've actually heard it that's the same way as you described it It may not always be stubbornness but for whatever reasons like they don't want to jump right into and talking about it and so if that's been anybody that's listening or if you know people if that's been their process with that it's not necessarily that uncommon but i think like you said though eventually it's like okay i need to get to that place where if i am going to heal and kind of work through this and get to a better place um it, i think it's a pretty necessary part so but i'm glad that you shared that part of it because i think it is difficult to kind of go back in and think okay how you know to start approaching that mm-hmm. and talking about it it it's not easy. It's rough. Yeah. Um
1: it, I was just I was in the mindset that if I ignore it for long enough, it'll go away. Yeah. Um yeah. and I've it just that too. <laughs> Yeah, it just wasn't going away and it was in fact getting worse. Um uh the the things that I would go through when I was having a hard day or if I'd been triggered by something, um you know, I it got to the point that I was Self medicating, I'm obviously on medication for anxiety and stuff like that. But I would, you know, it's 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 a band aid. It's not a fix. You know, I'd go right. home and and have a few more drinks than I probably should to try and numb that. And then like I'd be like, okay, well now it's not bothering me anymore mm. because it's I can't feel it. Yeah. Um, or even going to the night's games. It's like I'd have to medicate myself so just to try and like get through it and that's not the way that i want to live my life and it just got to the point that i was just like i have to figure out a different way to deal with this um and actually address the issues that are happening instead of trying to band-aid them and mask them and just Rush over them because if I don't fix them, I'm constantly going to be this way, and this isn't the way that I want to live my life,
0: right? Or, like you said, or you're just in this avoidance pattern of like I'm just sitting in my house, hanging out, not whatever, and then life's just kind of passing me by, and I don't get to participate in things that are that could be enjoyable, but I'm just not allowing myself to to do that part. So, another thing I'm curious about because obviously you've experienced this with your boyfriend, yeah, still he that's. Still same boyfriend? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's a huge support system. So, um, so he, I mean, obviously he experienced a level of trauma himself. Absolutely. So how does that work within your relationship? I mean, do you guys talk about it together? Do you kind of do your own separate thing? Or how does that, how does that
1: Um, there are times that we definitely talk about it together. Like, if I'm having a bad day or he's having a bad day, um... And it doesn't even necessarily have to be related to this. It's... It's... Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why, you know... Or if we're out together... Um, and one of us is having a hard time being out. Like, uh, uh, his triggers are different than my triggers, obviously. Yeah. His experience that night...
0: Much different. it's for...
1: Completely different yeah. than mine once we got separated and it turned into mass chaos. Right. Um, and so... uh, You know there are nights and times that, that we sit and talk about what happened, um, what happened for him versus what happened for me. Uh, obviously what we wish we could have done differently. Um, he, I think still holds a lot of guilt and, and feels horrible about the fact that, that he wasn't there necessarily with me, like, Mm -hmm. and that I had to go through that alone. Um, But again, we didn't know that it was going to be what it was when he went, you know, one way to help. No part of him ever thought that, hey, when I turn around in a few seconds or, you know, a minute, if I'm done helping this guy, she's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Um, So we definitely there are times that we work through it. Um, He's kind of sometimes a difficult person because he's not he doesn't like to share and he doesn't like to necessarily really and again i i think i understand that because i feel like his experience was probably as much as i think that mine was absolutely horrible and the most terrifying thing that i've ever done in my life been through um i can only imagine based on what he looked like when i finally when we find i can only imagine what he went through um and then also that fear of while he was doing that of finding me finding you, yeah. um yeah. so yeah. I, I think it's really hard for him uh a lot of the time but we do we do we're a great support system for each other mm-hmm. and i think that's why it's important because he can definitely tell like if we're out he can immediately tell without me even having to say anything if i'm having a difficult time and like okay let's Let's go get some fresh air. Let's, you know, do what we need to do so we can both get back to a normal. And the same with him. Like I can, I can tell if he's having a difficult time with it. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, it's good to have that at least a shared experience, even though it's a terrible shared experience. But yeah, there definitely can lend itself to understanding as far as like, hey, I like this is too much for me or I can't do this. And Mm -hmm. it's not like, Oh, come on. Like, you you know, whatever, like there's not that push to whatever you can have that
1: there's you never know. that like oh you're fine you yeah, know we right. we both completely understand like if he's like i'm done we need to leave i'm like mm. yep let's go right right <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah. it's but, one of those where it's not like but i'm having fun like can't you just get over it like, right so. It's
0: like yeah no this is yeah, no. impacting you i know how it's impacting Absolutely. you so we just need to to, to leave well, yeah. i mean that is that is good um even though even if we weren't there together you would hope for that kind of support or understanding Absolutely. from whoever you were with but yeah that's even better that that's the that's the case so I have a weird question for you because okay. I've always been wondering about this is as far as like ever since it came out to actually like how um how people that were there felt about this like when you, I, and I'm assuming maybe you haven't seen it but heard about it like the Eminem video that he did about the shooting I don't know. I know it's a random question, but I was just, from a survivor standpoint, what were, did you see the video? What were your thoughts or did you? I
1: haven't seen it or listened to it mm-hmm. Um because immediately when it came out, I had probably 10 people like text, text me, me and say, up. absolutely do not did listen not watch, to this. Okay. Do not watch it. Do not listen to it. And I'm like, yep, that's all I need. Like I tend to steer away from those things anyway. Mm-hmm. Um Like the whole Valiant documentary um, that kind of like showcases like, you know, this is help bring the city back together after right. this huge tragedy. Like, I can't even watch that. Like, I can't. There's no... Um. I, it's just... Everything surrounding it just brings me so much anger still. Yeah. I don't even like seeing, like, the Vegas Strong. I don't like seeing oh, really? that. Like, that irritates me. Oh. Like, I'm just like, no. I, <laughs> and and I, I get the whole point behind it. But uh-huh. when I see it and, like... You know resiliency and vegas and then they went to vegas stronger on the first anniversary and it's just like for me there's still so much raw emotion there mm-hmm. that it's infuriating like i i don't even i don't even like i i'll be driving and i'll see the little route 91 and then like survivor like i don't even consider myself a survivor mm. i was there right um and i am still here but i i did not get shot i did not yes i went through a horrible experience right. um i unless you <laughs> were seriously injured you're i for me and that's just my my brain and my outlook well, on you it, process like, it over, I, yeah. I i was a participant in the festival i don't see myself as a survivor um and that's been really hard for me especially in therapy because it's it it's a there's a Well,
0: there's an interesting, yeah, like a dis. There's a definitely a, a, I don't know if that's a block or if it's something or whatever. Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, or you don't want to like, maybe even, not say so, disrespect people that are survivors or mm-hmm. that were lost, but at the same time, I mean, I, it feels like you're a survivor, you know, in yeah, some sense. But yeah, I. But yeah, there's
1: a whole victim kind of mentality that I see with that. I completely get it. Like if somebody was absolutely hurt and that uh-huh. yes, you're a survivor. You absolutely right. are. There were so many people that got shot that didn't die right. and got seriously injured and I mean, we have just the that lady that it's now 59 because it's right. been over a year and she just she died. died. Yeah. yeah. Um so for me part of that, uh, I just don't like to bring a lot of attention to myself. I don't, again, I don't like to talk about, I don't even like when people know that I was there because I'm just like, no, it's fine. It's not show and tell. Like it's I'm um, good. Like we don't right. need to. So those types of things, like there are things that I just,
0: um, so you don't want to have the Maybe the pity of it then is like, yeah. cause you were use the word victim and it's like, I don't, I mean, definitely talking to you, you definitely don't seem like you have a victim mindset about right. it anyway. So just the, Like, the fear of that being associated with you? Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't, I definitely don't like to be seen as, um, and this is just me, it's how I've always been, I don't like to be seen as a weak person, so I feel Mm -hmm. like when people know that I was there, there's, and I've watched it happen, like, I, people treat me differently, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, that's not necessary, like, while I'm not, to the point where I'm like, I'm fine, because yeah. I clearly know that I'm not, like, and I can't go back to my normal. Uh-huh. At the same time, I'm just like, you don't need to like, I'm it's what one, I don't want to tell you about it because that's usually their next question. Like, oh my gosh, what happened? And right. I'm like, Nope.
0: <laughs> Listen to the podcast. Right. <laughs> no. am <I'm> like, no. <laughs> um so
1: that's kind of that's that's mm. kind of where I still am, and I'm having a really hard time with with that being still being part of my life because yeah. people are intrigued um i have uh, i have a tattoo that is is in you know kind of like remembrance of it uh-huh. but it's not necessarily like broadcasting like oh my god i was there um a lot of people especially in vegas um know it as one october right. and they don't know it as route 91 harvest festival right um and so i get a lot of questions and my tattoo is not even that big but i get a lot of questions Oh, what's that? And then I'm like, Oh, it's for the Route 91 Harvest Festival. And then, Oh, what's that? And I'm like, It's you know, like the October October. thing. And especially if I'm not in Vegas, Mm -hmm. they have no idea. And it's like, I don't want to keep telling you. Like, if you don't know, you don't know. That's fine. Like, yeah. But it is. It's this whole weird thing in my head where those kinds of things irritate me.
0: Well, okay. Well, I I know then I don't want to tell you this <laughs> so as to, you know, whatever cuz you're going to have your own feelings about it, but I think you're awesome and I think that you definitely are a strong person and and um so whatever that means for you or and not not to say that it gets a, it's labeling you as a survivor or or anything, but obviously you've got a lot of strength <laughs> to you. So Thank um you. so there's there's definitely that. And to go through anything like this, I'm sure it, you know, I mean, people uh, it's a, it's a, it's a tough ordeal. So hopefully, uh, people that have gone through it have had the kind of strength that you are showing to, to try to get through the other side. And like I said, just get back to somewhat of a sense of normal or, you know, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes we have to, what, um, um, I talked about in my last podcast about sometimes when we go through life's difficulties, we have to pivot and kind of redefine what life is for us Absolutely. because of going through some type of struggle. And it's like, so in this case, it's like there's a little bit of a pivot that I have to do and now life looks a little bit different and yep. I've got to approach it maybe a little bit different, but that doesn't mean that I'm a victim or I'm weak. Broken. It just yeah, <laughs> yeah, or broken or anything. It's just, I just have to, you know, I'm just looking at it from a different lens and that means that, hey, whether it means I'm a little bit more observant about things or sensitive to things or... Maybe there's certain things I don't do, whatever that means. It's just, hey, life has has been redefined a little bit, and I'm trying. You know, you're trying to come out the other side in a better, better way with it, and you Absolutely. know, and make the best of it, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's been my hardest thing is when I did finally go back to therapy. Like in my head, my reasoning was, I I want to go back to normal. Uh-huh. It's been really hard for me to accept that I'll never go back to that normal. My right. normal is completely different now, um, and it's just now starting to sink in that that's still okay like it's fine that that I'll never get that normal back because there's always going to be that part of me that is affected by certain things Um, but yeah it's just a new normal and it's just trying to navigate that like I said it's just
0: just it's been redefined and you're redefining it as you go and that's okay and you know so all right any last um, words of advice for anybody that's gone through something like this or anything that that you can think of because
1: um no just going back to it's it's too hard especially with extreme trauma or any kind of trauma because again I'm not anyone to say that your trauma is less than yeah or you know I can't validate that that only you can but definitely I think therapy helps and there's a lot of people who absolutely don't believe in therapy and are very much against it um and think that it's Horrible, but um, things like this and especially traumatic traumatic experiences, um, I think it's extremely helpful.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you because I'm a proponent of therapy myself. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think it's great, but I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And uh, I think it's an amazing story. It's a it's a, in the, in the sense of like just kind of what you had to go through obviously it wasn't like a you know it's like not the ones that you hope you have to experience or whatever but um but yeah just uh it's a it's 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 mind blowing but that's again unfortunately a part of our society that we're in right now is that those things happen happen and And it's horrible yeah yeah
1: and i wouldn't wish it on anybody no (laughs) no
0: no not for all right well thanks again tracy and um hope everybody enjoyed uh this. And, and if you've kind of gone through some type of trauma yourself, uh, maybe this is the push that you need to go and talk about it because there's definitely healing in talking and uh, you know, it definitely can help you along the process. So thanks again. Thank you. All All right. Well, just to wrap up for today's show, healing from trauma can be a very lengthy and complex process. Each of us manages and deals with our trauma in different ways. It can be similar to grief in that aspect. Some of the more common reactions to trauma are fear, anxiety, flashbacks, avoidance, behaviors, and also depression or a loss of interest in normal activities. There are a number of factors that go into healing trauma. Don't isolate yourself. Seek professional help. Join a support group. Exercise. But most of all, we must face it. Do not avoid it. Many trauma survivors don't realize avoidance actually keeps the trauma memories intact. We have to face it despite the discomfort that it may bring to us. Tracy learned that for herself and is now on the path to healing. Prolonged exposure therapy for PTSD, which is a, is a therapy I use for my clients, teaches them to control the memories instead of the memories controlling you. Some of this can be done by helping the individual build an exposure hierarchy of activities connected to the trauma. Most important, We need to know and remember that we can heal from our trauma. We can move forward and live our lives. If there are any of you listening who have experienced a trauma and who have not sought help, please do so. You deserve it because you are not your trauma. This is The Vegas Therapist. Please go and rate the show on iTunes if you've not done so. Signing off till next time.